0: Hey, everyone. Good morning. Jeff Henderson here, again, coming to you from my backyard with another um, morning devotional. I am very thankful for those of you who've reached out to me to tell you that this has been a blessing to you in one form or fashion. And uh, I assure you it's, it's cathartic for me to be able to lay down some thoughts just as we're waiting our way, you know, one day at a time through the, the corona apocalypse. So uh, this morning I wanted to bring you the just some thoughts from the first 5 verses of Galatians chapter 2 let me read you those verses. It says then after 14 years I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and taking Titus along with me. I went up because of a rev- of a re- excuse me. I went up because of a revelation and set before them the gospel that I proclaim among the Gentiles. In order to make sure I was not running or had not run in vain. But even Titus, who was with me, was not forced to be circumcised, though he was a Greek. Yet because of false brothers secretly brought in who slipped in to spy out our freedom that we have in Christ Jesus so that they might bring us into slavery, to them we didn't yield in submission even for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. Man, my first thought is that must have been some meeting, huh? I mean, I'm imagining this. this meeting where Paul, who now with 14 years of ministry and preaching experience under his belt, who has been preaching this gospel message throughout the whole known world, is now coming back to Jerusalem to stand before the men who had lived and walked alongside Jesus during his time on earth. There's big questions here. I mean, would they be able to get along now that Paul has ministry experience and would their gospel messages prove to be lockstep the same? Um, this is a big question even for us today. Uh, how does the gospel get reduced down to, to nothing? And we'll, we'll share more. I'll share more about that in the days to come. I don't want to get ahead of myself here. The primary thing that's on my heart this morning is this idea of uh, the freedom in Christ Jesus that's being threatened here. That's Paul's core message is that he didn't give an even an inch to, to the, those who are preaching a false gospel uh, and are trying to add on to uh, the, the simple but robust gospel that Paul is proclaiming. And the freedom that Paul is proclaiming is that uh, is the freedom from having to obey God to, in order to make ourselves fully acceptable to him or to make ourselves acceptable to anyone, including ourselves. Uh, it, it, it's, it's the freedom to... Look ourselves in the mirror and recognize and even acknowledge that we are way more wicked than we ever dared believe, but we're also way more loved and more accepted in in Jesus than we ever dared hope. And that's real freedom to recognize it, in spite of how as amazing grace says, how wretched I am, um, that his love for me is is so far or so much more greater than my own wickedness. but these false brothers that um that had had taught the opposite of Paul. They're teaching that, you know, the Gentiles, the people like Titus had to be circumcised as well as trust in Jesus that in order to be completely acceptable to God. Their gospel was saying it was trusting Jesus plus something else. And uh, again, it must have been such a tense time for Paul to to come into this uh, this place of wondering whether the, the direct message he'd received from Jesus was going to be, uh, the, you know, agreed to by the brothers who had walked alongside of the Lord. just makes me wonder this morning, even for myself and for you, how to, how to tense times, how to coronavirus times, you know, threaten our freedom in Christ. And Bizarrely, as I was praying about it this morning, my mind went to John chapter 8 and the story of this sinful woman, who was brought before Jesus. She was caught in the act of adultery and brought before Jesus. And uh, without getting into too much commentary there, I don't know if we can accurately picture what was going on when this woman was brought before the Lord. I mean, I can see her being dragged in. You know, if you haven't read the story, just go pick it up and read it in John, John chapter 8. It's the beginning of that chapter. And she's dragged in before Jesus, red-faced, her hair's all messed up. She's angry. She's upset. She's rebellious. She's bitter. She's probably lashing out at her accusers but when she sees how Jesus handles the crowd of, of hypocritical judges that are brought that have dragged her in and she feels his sympathy for her uh, I just think somewhere the mercy and the love and the grace that's in his his eyes and in his voice begins to touch her and she realizes how wrong she was that she had sinned and, and, and then and I think she repented and when she did Jesus forgave her. And he forgives her, obviously, by anticipating his death on the cross for her. And, and that's, that's kind of where I get at the freedom. The cross in the heart of God is always an eternal event. His heart and his mind are always in the eternal now. And the cross is always right there in the present. And so the sins of people who lived way before the time of Jesus... You know, people in the Old Testament days were also forgiven on the basis of, of, of the death of Jesus on the cross. And there's no other way that God can or does forgive sin. It's anticip- and it's, I think, in anticipation of that cross that Jesus forgives this, this woman in John 8, even before he dies. And the proof of it is in the words that he says to her, go and in, in, in sin no more, go and don't sin again. A friend of mine, Stephanie, I've always remembered this quote. She says, Jesus looked her in the eye and offered her a life of freedom free from the bondage of sin. And that's why I thought of that this morning when Paul describes freedom in Christ. And that's the word I, I would like to leave ringing in your ears this morning. If you if acknowledge your own guilt, if you've heard God's word of forgiveness, then he's saying to you, go and sin no more. And he, he could never say that to that woman. He could never say it to Paul. He could never say it to you unless something had happened within us. And the power of sin had been broken by our our willingness to turn away from it and repent of it, and we don't sin because we're temporarily temporarily or or, or momentarily overwhelmed by some strong passion. We sin because it's in our nature. It's because we're self centered and we hunger after things that are wrong, and we we just kind of like easily yield to this stuff, and we can't help ourselves at times. The Book of Job says we're born into sin, and we're all born to share that same fallen nature, and. Unless the power of sin is broken within us, unless God does does something to free us and give us new life, then we would never. He would never say to us, "Go and sin no more," because it would be an impossibility. And so, His death on the cross has made it possible for us. And what does it mean for us? Well, I think what it means for us is the same Jesus who met Paul on the road to Damascus that he was able to go back 14 years later and declare his freedom in Christ, is here for you today. And that same Jesus who stooped and stood before that sinful sister in John 8 is, is here for you today. He's, as the book of Psalms say, he's, he's the lifter of your head. And as the prophets testify, he's the one who opens doors that no, no one can shut. And so my prayer for you this morning, no matter where you are, is that you would find freedom in Christ as he lifts your head and opens doors that no person could ever shut. In Jesus' name, Maranatha.